We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed. Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, Friday, December 16th. And you know what we do on Fridays? We do a little bit of fighting. A little bit, maybe not in the YouTube chat, but we'll, we'll fight. We'll talk about the fights. We got UFC Vegas 66. Is it 66? It's something. It's a Vegas fight night card. Uh last last card of the year for UFC. They'll be off for, for a month, for a month. They'll be four weeks, three, the, the, you got, okay, the one, two, three, yeah, yeah, for, for a month. So last time to play UFC DFS for uh, for a while, and we'll be going over the card for tomorrow. Give me those thumbs ups in the YouTube chat. You know how much I like the like buttons, the subscribe buttons. Wataz, Suki Singh, good morning. Bart V, Kickstart, Daniel Hutchings, Yo. The card tomorrow is uh, is 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 a different card than what we're kind of used to. Got thirteen fights. Remember the Julian Marquez uh, Deron Win fight has been scrapped. Uh, Deron Win had some medical issue or something, whatever. So we're down to thirteen fights, which is still fine. Which is still a, a nice a nice size card, right? We're not down to ten or eleven or anything like that. Uh, as Daniel Hutchins says in the chat, maybe the break will give DK time to get their act together. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna do late swap, at least at least do it correctly, right? That, that's at least you could do is don't unlock fights at wrong times and everything. So maybe 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 they won't screw up this week. Maybe they won't. Uh but th- th- this week is a it's a mu- much different card that we've had uh, in in the previous couple of weeks, where the inside the distance lines on a lot of these fights are not very good, right? We and we have a lot more, a lot more wrestler, wrestling, grappling based fighters on the slate. We've had a couple of sla- the past couple of slates where we get a lot, a lot of knockout artists and a lot of high ITD lines. And on this slate, not so much. I don't, I don't know how high scoring this slate's going to be. 
I mean, it is a 13 fight card, so you probably probably still need to find the top six scores. But uh, I mean, there's a lot of closer fights, especially in the mid range, that I'm not sure how much upside. Like, look, you could go through all the fights and see that there may not be the greatest of upside. A lot, some of the uh, popular higher owned fighters on the slate are actually going to be guys that may not get a finish, but may get a lot of points from from wrestling. Right? We'll see that in the mid range. Uh, and then we got we got fighters that are more likely, like someone like Cop or Oleg Jaychuk, uh, that basically need a knockout in order to get 100 points. So, I mean, it's quite possible you don't need six fighters to get 100 points in order to win tomorrow. Uh, so that that brings up a lot of the the, the, the dogs on the slate. None of the, not many have very good ITD lines, but the win equity is there. I mean, because... I look, I look down down the card and see a lot of fighters that are like, yeah, I can see them getting 90, right? Like outside of a first round knockout or something, right? It's like, okay, they could get 85, 90, 85, 90, you know. But as far as like, oh, who could put up 120 points? It's hard to see many that, that really do it on this slate. So I think leaving money on the table is, is an option. Although... I'm not even sure you need to do that. I think a lot of people are going to focus on the upper end and the mid and the like the mid mid range. And I think there's going to be a there're going to be a lot of lineups that you could make that are going to be fairly unique. Okay? Uh I'm not saying that ownership is going to condense that much, but I think the construction is going to be very clear. Okay? So if we go we go just from a construction standpoint, I I think uh, from a high-end range, people are going to play Albazi or Oleg Jaychuk. Albazi has more wrestling upside. He's ninety-six hundred though, uh, and Costa and Costa is a is a late replacement. But Costa is like, I don't know if Albazi is going to be able to submit Costa. Like, is it, I don't think this this may not be a quick fight. I think Albazi wins. He's what minus four hundred to win. But I think most people will play like someone in the upper range, right? They'll play someone like Albazi. And they're going to they're gonna focus more on, like, this mid uh, Fakradinov, right? And Kakramanov, right? Something like this in the mid-range. These wrestlers in the mid-range. I think more people will play Cannoneer over Strickland in the main event. The thing about this, this main event is that from an odds perspective, we take a look at that that 7,700. I mean, this this fight is essentially practically an even, even pick-em matchup. But of course, the price discrepancy is Strickland's eighty five hundred, Cannoneer's seventy seven hundred. Uh, Cannoneer has a better inside the distance line, but Cannoneer is like a low volume striker. Like he's not going to wrestle. He's basically he, in order for him to get a hundred points, even in five rounds, like he's going to have to find a finish somewhere, a knockout or whatever. I'm not saying Strickland can get knocked out. Now Strickland's not the not the highest IQ fighter. It'd probably be better for him to wrestle. And and use some of them. I mean, he's not like he's not a pure grappler, but he can. But we saw what he did with uh, Alex Pereira, right? In his last fight, it was very clear that he should be grappling Alex Pereira since Pereira has like no ground game, and he decided not to. He said, "Nope, I'm going to stand and bang with with the, one of the best kickboxers in the entire world, now the champion." Uh, and uh, and he lost in a spectacular fashion. So uh, who knows what he does with Jan- Jared Cannonier? But I think with the inside the distance. Uh, discrepancy. I think more people are going to play Cannoneer 
than Strickland. But just remember, Strickland has a higher floor. Like, Strickland's much higher volume. In a five-round decision, like, it's quite possible that if this goes all five rounds and Cannoneer somehow wins a decision, that Strickland may even outscore him with the extra the, the 30 points, maybe the difference in strikes. Although it's probably, I, I don't see Cannoneer winning a decision, right? He's just too low volume. He's not going to score enough points. Like, for, he's not going to win enough rounds. So I think a lot of people are going to play Cannoneer, and I don't think they realize, like, these guys in the, the Cannoneer, Mahashate, are much more, like, knockout dependent, even at their prices, than some of the other guys that are that are underneath that aren't aren't that appealing from a finishing perspective, like Bobby Green or Alex Caceres or Demir Ismagulov or even Brian Battle up here at 7,900. Uh, so even if they win, like, it's... Like you still, you, I mean, you may get, if they want a decision, maybe they still only get 65 points or something. I mean, you could probably find a winner underneath them that gets 65. I mean, I don't think this is going to be that high scoring of a slate. So people are going to make these builds. They're going to go Albazi, someone up here, Albazi or Ola Jaychuk, Fakradinov, Kakramanov. They'll play Cannoneer, right? If they go down low, they'll probably play Corey McKenna. Because she she wrestles and she's fighting Cheyenne Vils, Vlismis or formerly Cheyenne Buys, so I think she's going to be popular as as an underdog. But most likely she loses this fight, and then you have ninety two left, and then maybe they play Jake Matthews. Has de- depends on whether or not Jake Matthews decides to wrestle. Also, like Jake Jake Matthews got a knockout uh, his last fight, but he's he's more of a wrestling type. So I I see these are the types of lineups that that are going to be popular, right? Like two 9K fighters, like three vet, like mid mid range, 8K mid range, and then like one dog, one super dog. And Corey McKenna is not that big of a dog, right? We see here Corey McKenna is plus 165, right? Then we get the, the plus 200s are below, below 7,200. And also, obviously, the McKenna Velismus fight is one of the fights that's more likely to, to go the distance, right? Plus 375 for Cheyenne and uh, Corey McKenna is plus 705. So th- there's a lot of fights that have like win equity, like th- these dogs, like the low variance fights. I just don't know how many finishes they're going to be. It's quite possible that getting 70 points from someone 7,200 or below will make the optimal lineup. And if someone gets even more than that, gets 100 in this range, they're, they're, they're probably good. You get a hundred out of any of these these underdogs, you're you're, you're gold. So I'm not sure how many people are going to put up hundred points. I'm really not sure. I think people may be attracted to Cody Brundage. They'll be games game log watching, but I mean that's a high variance fight. The Ola J Chuck Brundage fight. I mean that's that that fight is the most likely not to go the distance, right? But then you have fights like uh, like Dvorak versus who is he fighting? Arosa. Who's Dvorak fighting? Now, Dvorak, Dvorak K- Cop? Like, Manal Cop is purely boomer bust. He's plus 160 inside the distance. He doesn't do a, he's a low volume striker. That's, that's, that's a, does he get the first round knockout or does he not? That's pretty much it. We also see with just how, how the, uh, the fights are laid out throughout the course of the night that actually the higher variance fights are early, right? A lot, I, I have this optionality rating score here. That I just, you know, I just did 10 to the, the 130. It doesn't really matter. The fights that are more likely to end inside the distance are early in the fight, early in the card, while 
like the main card, like it's quite possible we don't even see a finish on the main card at all. So if you need to swap off of people, I think there's going to be more ownership early than there is late, other than obviously the main event. But there are so many different constructions you can make that are outside of this, this framework. Like this is going to be the most likely type of construction, which means all this, this high 8K range is going to come in under own. Right. And on a lot of the really low range is going to come in under owned also. So like building lineups that if you, if you just don't play like the top end of the nine K range, like if you play Armin Saruki, and I'm not saying that, that, you know, that's a very high upside play, but let's say you start with like Saruki, let's say you avoid, maybe you play Saeed Nurmagomedov against Kakramanov as like leverage. Right. Let's say instead of playing, you play Brian Battle as leverage against Fakradinov. So you're still playing people like kind of in the mid range, right? You play Sarukian, but then you play like a, a Rosa or a Dober, right? Seventy six hundred. You don't even have to. You, I mean, really, you don't even have to play anyone that that cheap. Right. You play Isma Gulov while you're already playing Caceres. So maybe you don't play Arosa here. Maybe you go up and maybe maybe play Manal Cap. Maybe play Jake Matthews here instead. You have seventy two hundred. Probably avoid Corey McKenna chalk. Maybe play Dvorak. Maybe you play Ismagulov instead of Tsuruki. I mean, like making this type of build where you're only playing one nine K fighter, and then kind of avoiding the chalk in the mid range. Like I'd be light on McKenna. I'd be light on Kakramanov. I think it's a big step in, up, up in competition for Kakramanov. I mean, if he wins, he's he's going to win because of wrestling. And Saeed Nurmagomedov is is like a non-wrestling Nurmagomedov. I know, I know people like, they see Nurmagomedov and they go, oh, wrestler. It's like, no, he's more of like the the spin kicks and, and pun. He's, I mean, he has a, he has a wrestling base, but he really, he does, he doesn't really wrestle. But I mean, his, his uh, takedown defense is, is, I mean, probably up the par also. So I think a lot of people are going to play Kakramanov and uh, Fakradinov. So playing Saeed Nurmagomedov or, and or Brian Battle as leverage, I think are, are, is, is good. I think avoiding the main event, obviously. So it's quite possible that Sean Strickland could win in the third or fourth round and not put up 100 points. It's quite possible Sean Strickland could win a decision and not put up 100 points. Cannoneer, definitely. I think outside of the first two rounds, Cannoneer is dead to 100 points. He just doesn't throw enough. Either he knocks Trickling out in the first two rounds or most likely he loses the fight, just he loses the decision. He just doesn't throw enough. Daniel Hutchings says, my initial run is giving me very few lineups without the main event represented. Is it because of the price range, eighty five hundred, seventy seven hundred? It's either the it's either because of the price range, because it's a pick em fight in the mid range, and it's also due to the fact that the ceilings of a lot of these fights are quite quite low, in general. So, like five rounds of scoring, just from a floor perspective, it's got to be good. I mean, because a lot of these fights, I mean, truthfully, like Sarukian is Magulov. I could see the winner putting up 68 points, right? I could see a lot. Arosa Katsaris, that goes the distance, 72 points. Dober Green, the winner gets what? 75 points. Like, I, I, it's just a lot of these fights. 
if Cap and Manel Cap and Dvorak, I mean, Cap, I mean, essentially outside of the first round, that that's going to score like eighty or less points. Like, yeah, Albazi, he could wrestle his way to a hundred. Jake Matthews could wrestle his way to a hundred. Marzov could even wrestle his way to a hundred. All JJ kind of needs a first round knockout. Top needs a first round knockout. Felismus, I guess, needs some volume. And these guys in the middle, I, I don't see Bobby Green getting knocked out, but I mean, Dober Green ain't going to have any wrestling. Arosa Caceres, I mean, Arosa could implement some grappling, but he's not very good. Right. Saruki and could wrestle. It's just that his Nagulov, I mean, he's a wrestler also. I mean, like, his Nagulov takedown defense, I don't see Saruki and having that much success. So who knows how what the ceiling of that fight is? All the good all the good fights that have a little bit more ceiling are in the mid-range. Rafa Garcia, Mahashate, Bakradinov battle, Takramanov Dramagomedov. Like that's and the Cannoneer Strickland. Like that's why a lot of people are going to be focusing right on this mid-range. So if you're going to play like a barbell style lineup and you avoid the mid-range, you're going to you're going to you're going to be contrarian. You're going to be different. But yeah, because of the because of the the limited ITD lines on a lot of these fights. Yeah, the, the main the main event makes sense from a floor perspective. That the disparity isn't isn't as great. As opposed to like a, like the card we had last week, where like most of these fights are gonna be finished. Like when if you have a 13 fight card and you have like nine fights that are favored to, to end inside the distance. Like there's more opportunities to put up a hundred points in, in in those types of fights that maybe the main event gets left out of being optimal. This this dude, I, I mean, I I could see the winning large field score being six ten. I mean, not I mean, not even barely getting past six hundred. I could see I could see maybe only two or three fighters on the entire slate putting up a hundred points. But you never know. You never know. I mean, hey, there could be quick finishes. There could be a lot of wrestling, right? I mean, Jake Matthews goes to takedown city, 12 takedowns, wins a decision, gets 122 points. I mean, that that could happen. Right? You get we get we get a knockout or two early. It can happen, but based on the based on the betting lines, it's uh it's not as uh not as likely. But the higher variance fights are earlier, right? For the most part. Right, these mid these mid range for like you're gonna know what's going on, especially the like the chalk. Right, because we got like the Fakradinov fight. That's the third fight. Mahashat Big Rafa Garcia is the fourth fight. Omega Madoff Kakramanov is the fifth fight. So basically, by by you know halfway through the slate, a lot of the ownership is gonna be gone. Then then with then finally the eleventh fight is the Albazi fight, and then obviously main events the thirteenth fight. So there's a bit, pretty decent gap in between this Kakramanov Nemega Madoff fight, the fifth fight to like the 11th fight to really move around your lineups. Cause you even got the Matthews fight after that. So like, if you want, if you need to, if you need to swap and get off of Albazi or, or Ola Jajak and you have to come down and get like, to be different, get Sarukian or Rosa or Dober and then move up some of some of your, your the guys from the bottom that you have. You have Stricky in your lineup, and you move it to Cannoneer, and you do something like that. You, you have a, to me, this is a, this is a good late swap slate. 
They could see what happens early and then choose your lineups accordingly. But because a lot of people will have like ha- more than half their lineup done halfway through the card. Right? If we, if we take a look, it's like even Corey McKenna. Okay, that's the seventh fight. So most li- that most likely construction of like Albazi in the 11th fight. So you'll probably, you'll have Albazi out and a main event fighter out. But then you'll know the scores of all these mid-range fights. Then from there, you could just, you could swap and do whatever you want. But I don't think playing all these mid-range fights together is the best option just from an ownership perspective. Like, like we, we went through that, that likely build. I don't mind one of these guys, right? You, you build, you build like, I, 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 even though obviously these mid, these higher 8K fighters are, are worse plays compared to ownership. Like, I don't even believe some of this ownership. Like we have it very flat here. I don't think it's going to be that flat. Right, I think Albazi and Ola Jaychuk will be thirty-five to forty percent owned, and then Marizov will be like twenty, and Matthews will be twenty-six, but like Cop will be like eighteen, sixteen. Velismus will be ten. Sarukian will be twelve. Arosa will be sixteen. Dober will be eighteen. Like it'll be like just this 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 range right here is just going to be, I think, is going to be carved out. Then we have to assign more ownership to this mid-range and to like the mid-7K range. The guys on the very bottom, I, I don't think are going to change that much. The Cannoneer is by far going to be the most owned dog. Just based on the money, just its money line value. Right, we could go to fightodds.io and let's let's see let's see what it's up to. I'll reload this. Yeah, I mean, it's a pick em. We just take a look across the board here. Right, minus one ten, minus one ten. It's a total pick'em. It's an eight hundred price difference. But just re- just real just realize from a fight style perspective, the Cannoneer has no ceiling outside of a knockout. Strickland at least has volume. At least Strickland could could mix in some wrestling. Could, I don't think he does, but he could. So from a ceiling perspective, I mean, Strickland has multiple paths to get 100 points, at least, in different ways. In a five-round decision, in a third-round stoppage, you know, stuff like that. Like Cannoneer, Cannoneer's going to land like 10 significant strikes around. Like he's not going to do much. Right, imagine he gets Imagine he gets a third-round third finish, Cannoneer, with, let's say, 40 significant strikes. That's 16. I mean, like, what, what what are you scoring there? 61 plus the knock, that's 71 points. Like, that ain't, I don't think that's going to be enough for 7,700. Someone underneath it is going to score more than 71 points. That's like, that's why, like, I'm, I'm going to be much lighter on Cannoneer. Like, I'll take a shot on Bobby Green. I mean, Bobby Green could, I mean, sometimes he he, he throws, he puts out 150 significant strikes. A lot of them are, are, are going to knock you out. But Bobby Green is going to, you know, go around, talk, talk some trash, and throw out these little jabs that get counted. Like, Bobby Green could win a decision and get 85 points. I mean, Alex Caceres could do it. Sure, why not? I mean, like, I feel like outside of a fir- outside of the first two rounds, the Cannoneer is, is, 
I don't know. Is he worth 40 plus percent ownership? I'm not, I mean, for a knockout, yes, he is the best ITD line amongst all the underdogs at plus 210 currently, or at least as of yesterday. I mean, same thing for Mahjate. I mean, Mahjate, this, this Chinese regional rest, regional fighter, I mean, he beat Steve Garcia. Steve Garcia is awful. He's facing Rafa Garcia, who's not great either, but Rafa can wrestle. And I don't think Mahashate, we've not, we've not seen Mahashate even be on the ground at all. He's had like a total of like a minute and a half cage time for in the UFC. Mahashate could be complete dust. Right? I mean, essentially, Steve Garcia just ran into a punch and Mahashate won. So I'm not sure how good this guy is anyway. And if he's going to be 20 plus percent on 25, it's going to be because he's plus 250 inside the distance. The thing is, is that the only way for him to get 100 points is a first round knockout. I mean, that's pretty much it. He's not going to wrestle, right? He's not going to do It's not like he's doing. He does much. I'd much rather play Rafa Garcia for leverage than play Mahashate. So I think the construction is very clear. So that's why I'm trying to I'm trying to avoid playing those type of constructions. The problem is you still want you still probably need to play someone in the mid-range. And the someone that I play in the mid-range, I'd rather be against a popular fighter than eat the chalk in the mid-range. Because these fights are close enough as they are. Right? Oh, you can't you can't fade Renat Fakradinov. It's, it's minus 145. We're not we're not talking someone that's like like, oh, he's a he's a five to one favorite. Like, dude, he's it's 60-40 at best. But people are going to be attracted to that because it's easy. It's easy to figure out. Just like with Corey McKenna. Yeah, she has the highest ITD line, plus 705. But of course, she can, she can land six takedowns. And I mean, she, she could get 90 to 100 points in a decision. But she's also the underdog here. I mean, Cheyenne is, is a two to, almost a two-to-one favorite. Good floor, right? If this goes to decision, I mean, look, Cheyenne's only plus 375 inside the distance. This fight most likely goes to decision. Now at 9,000, Cheyenne ain't probably ain't going to put up enough to, to be worth it in a decision. McKenna can. But at 26% ownership or something, what happens if she loses? And she's sitting there with a nice floor. She has 54 points in a loss. Right? If she would have won, it would have been 84. That's a that's avoidable in my opinion. I'd much rather take a shot on Semmelsberger getting a knockout or Brundage getting a knockout or any of these guys. Newsom, Dvorak. I mean, who knows? Dvorak has no chin, but I mean, if he's facing Manal Coppin, it's not going to be on the ground. I mean, who? Lucky punch. There you go, Dvorak knockout. Yeah, they're much more risky. Yeah, you, you feel so much better with Corey McKinnon in your line. Okay, at least she's going to go out. It's going to be three, probably three rounds. She lands two or three takedowns. Maybe she loses. Well, I, I get 50 points or something. Oh, okay. Same thing for Cannoneer. It's like, that's like, it's like, okay. They, I'm going to take the guy with the, the best money line odds and the ITD line for that price. And, oh, if he doesn't get the knockout, oh, okay, 42 points and a decision loss. Oh, well. I think the opportunity cost of, of, of these fighters down here is not that high. It's not like, oh, well, I'm going to play Demir Ismagulov instead of Corey McKenna. Oh, you can't do that. 
Why not? Is Corey McKenna going to go out and put up 130 points? Probably not. Like, what am I missing here? There's like no one that you need to have. Like, I don't think, I feel like there's no one on this card that you need to have at all. Where it's like, no, I got to play this guy in all. I'm going to be playing six lineups and I'm going to be playing him in all six of my lineups. Like, I don't think there's anyone like that on this card. Daniel says he's playing only, planning on only playing the large field contest tomorrow because it can't be around for the whole slate. Right. Just aim for the optimal and hope for the best. Daniel says he's getting a healthy amount of Bobby Green. Yeah, Bobby Green. I mean, he's not, he's likely not going to get a finish. But at 7,600, I mean, he's plus 132. I mean, Bobby Green could get 80 points, no problem, in a decision against Drew Dober. I think they both have the similar similar ceilings. There's, there's going to be no wrestling here. It's just going to be stand up and stand up and trade, and Bobby Green will yap his mouth and talk the whole time. But I think getting 80 points out of anyone in this range, it could, I, it, it could be fine. You get 80, 85 out of any any of these guys that are lower than Cannoneer. I think that I think that may be fine. I mean, we may see winning scores that are like, if I had to predict, I think the, the main GPP winner is going to be like 628 or something. Like that'll be it. That'll, that'll be the top score of the whole slip. The optimal will be like 628 to 628. 14. Well, there'll be one or two guys that put up like 110, 115, and then there'll be a whole, a whole, there'll be a bunch of people that put up like 90 ish, right? There'll be like six people that put up somewhere between 87 and 95 at different price points. And it's just a matter of that which four do you have plus the 200 plus point guys? And that's it. That's the winner. So I'm not prioritizing finishes. I'm just prioritizing it. Uh, and the low range is winning compared to their ownership. And then on the top range, I, I care more about the finishing upside. So that's pretty much what I'm doing. What are you doing? What you should be doing is giving me the like button. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. We got the MMA Grounded Pound podcast coming out later today. Uh, I, I wasn't on it, but uh, but Mike and Liam, they break down all the fights for you. That's a premium, premium product. So sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Get the combo premium package. You get everything. You get NFL, you get NBA, you get NHL, you get PGA, you get MMA, you get World Cup soccer, EPL soccer. You get, you get everything. So click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. The combo premium package. You can listen to that. I'll have the NFL, the, the Game Theory Show. That's a premium show also. Me and Tuttle will be recording that at uh, 2 o'clock the afternoon uh, Eastern. And so that, that'll be out around, you know, maybe 4 or 5 later today. But we still got plenty of free content on the channel. We got the Solo Ship Show. We got uh, the Tournament Takes. We got, got tons of stuff here on YouTube for you. So hit the notification bell. You'll always know when we go live here on the channel. We got NBA Grinders Live later today, crunch time. We got everything. We got everything for you when it comes to DFS, right? And sports betting. If you go to the Scores and Odds YouTube channel, you get plenty of stuff there as well. So go there, hit the subscribe button. And uh, we've got the, the, the last UFC card of the year. Then it's a month off. Then on Fridays, it'll be, we'll be back to casual Fridays where we're just going to be just casually talking about whatever. Whatever you want. 
because I'm always here answering your DFS strategy questions Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 